Welcome to the Crescent Podcast. I'm Leanne. This podcast is an extension of my personal philosophy and commitment to continual growth in all areas of life. I firmly believe that optimal health comes from addressing all areas of us as human beings, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Through expert interviews, I hope to both inspire and enable you to create sustained change in your own life. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy. So welcome everyone to the first official episode of the Crescent Podcast. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to today's interview with Dr. Danny. But before I get into her intro, I wanted to do just a quick little intro of my own, as will be customary with these podcast episodes. And in today's intro, I really wanted to bring us back and reflect on New Year's goals. And I know what you're all thinking. You're all thinking, okay, thought we were done with all these resolutions, time to move on, (laughs) settle back into our normal everyday life. But I was listening to the news or or something on Instagram, I think, and I saw a statistic saying that, statistically speaking, most people give up on all their New Year's resolutions the first week in February. And my first thought was, oh, that's so sad. We can't even make it one month into these resolutions uh, without giving up and then beating ourselves up and then kind of just reverting back to maybe whatever we were doing before. And so... This is a time for you, for me to bring those back up. And I think it's a great opportunity because we have this idea in our heads that somehow we need to keep that fire burning nonstop. And, you know, we need to make those resolutions. And if that fire fizzles out, then maybe it wasn't the right thing to do. And we look at other people who are maybe achieving all the things they set out to do. And we think that They just have this continual stream of motivation when in reality, I think they have just learned how to, in the moments when they are no longer motivated and no longer inspired, they have a set list of things they do to remind themselves, why did I want to achieve this? What was my purpose? What is the fire? How can I light that spark again? So for me, I'm really trying to shift my mindset from... I need to have the fire burning all the time. And if I don't, I'm a failure or I'm lazy to the fire is going to fizzle out. And I want to prepare myself when it does to come back and remind myself of all the reasons why I set those goals. And so that's really what I've been focusing on these last couple weeks, because truthfully of the maybe I want to say five or six resolutions that I set for myself I've probably kept three of them without flinching and you know again initially it's this sort of disappointment with yourself and just like oh my gosh who do I think I am why did I think I could achieve all those things or maintain all those new habits Um, and so first of all it's relieving myself of that guilt and then going back to all the notes I made at the beginning of the year all those resolutions I set and my reasons for why I wanted to set those and reminding myself of that. And so for me, you know, one of the big ones was getting out in nature every week. And 
again, I did it pretty good <laughs> for the first couple weeks, as I'm sure many of you did with your resolutions. But as soon as we let that determination slip a little bit, we fall right back into just the chaoticness that is life. And so the past couple of weeks, I haven't been getting out to nature. And for me, it's something that is just so completely rejuvenating, whether it's a hike on a trail or going down to the beach and just laying in the sand, even doing a walk in the park. I know that for me specifically, that's something that just absolutely feeds my soul, which is why it was something that I wanted to make it a priority to do on a weekly basis. And so um, I would encourage you, if you have given up or are no longer maintaining some of those New Year's resolutions that you made, don't throw them out the window. I tend to have such an all or nothing mindset, as I'm sure many of you do as well. So it's not all or nothing. (laughs) Pick back up your notebook or maybe make new notes after going through the past month and a half and realizing, look, those were just unrealistic, or maybe there were just way too many. I need to narrow it down to two or three things that I can realistically implement in my life. Um, So I would encourage you, you know, go back to the drawing board, check back in with what you had hoped to achieve this month, this year. Um, If anything's maybe not working out the way you had hoped, how can you revise it, change it, and sort of relight that spark within you. So, and I would love to hear them too, truthfully, like share your goals, share your um, New Year's resolutions with me. It's so fun to hear them. And, you know, I really want this podcast to be a place where we can all hold each other accountable and really begin to see the change happening in our lives. So Dr. Danny, oh my gosh, This is going to be such an amazing special episode. Dr. Danny is a chiropractor, a craniopathist, a Reiki healer, and a Qigong healer. And I I might be saying that wrong, Qigong. She combines all of these amazing modalities to treat the body, treat the mind, and, and the energy within you. And I have actually been seeing her for about five months now and... Her impact on my own life has been so amazing. I started seeing her for concussion recovery after going to a number of neurologists who really didn't do anything. Right off the bat, they all just wanted to prescribe me antidepressants and really no other form of treatment or healing. And I was so incredibly frustrated. I didn't really do anything or see anyone for about a year. And then I finally heard about Dr. Danny on the Expanded podcast with Lacey Phillips, which is a podcast I listen to weekly, and immediately made an appointment with her. And I'm telling you, the amount of growth and recovery that I have noticed in my own brain health has been remarkable. I was struggling with serious brain fog, serious memory problems, focus problems. I even had become a little bit dyslexic had such a hard time doing simple math, learning new things. I mean, I I felt like I was truly disabled. And within, even after my first treatment with her, I felt myself remembering things better, able to focus better, better balance, all these things. And now five months later, I feel like my mind is better and sharper than it's ever been. And it's such 
an amazing feeling because I truly was getting to a point where I thought, I don't know that I'm ever going to get back to where I was, you know, pre-concussion. And I might just have to live with this the rest of my life, feeling like I am just a shadow of who I used to be. But aside from concussion recovery, Dr. Danny goes into some of the ways this can craniopathy can help those who are struggling with other illnesses, even things like MS, infertility, eating disorders, depression, anxiety. And she also shares her amazing healing experience, actually healing herself from a brain tumor. So I can't wait for you guys to learn from Dr. Danny, learn from her experiences and see how craniopathy can really benefit anyone. So with that, please enjoy the episode. If you give it a listen, tag me on social media, let me know your thoughts and leave a comment, leave a review. I so, so appreciate everyone who's tuning in to listen to this. And I really appreciate your patience too, as I get the hang of audio editing and holding interviews and maintaining the flow of the interviews. I know it's maybe not going to be crystal clear and perfect these first couple rounds through, but I promise you I'm getting better every time and I really do so appreciate any feedback that you guys have. Well, welcome, Dr. Danny. Um, This is Danielle Olson, but everyone knows her as Dr. Danny. I'm going to let you do the introduction and take us back as far as you can, because I'm really intrigued as to how you got to where you are today, some of the things that led you on that journey, some of the things that hindered you, et cetera, et cetera. So. Got it. Take it away. <laughs> it's been quite a journey. Um, so my name is Dr. Danny, and I live in Playa Vista, and um, I've been out here for two and a half years, originally from Minnesota. And I have quite a, quite a wild ride on how I ended up out in Los Angeles. And a lot of spiritual things have happened to me. A lot of really powerful physical things have happened to me as well. And I think one of the reasons you and I wanted to talk is because one of the specialties that I work in is craniopathy, mm-hmm. which is working with brains mm-hmm. and working with how bodies function and I was so blessed to have met a group of researchers uh, about 22 years ago, and I was so intrigued by what they did that I wanted to add it into the the practice that I already do. And so I really, really focused on on understanding how this works. What it basically means is um, working with the skull bones and how they work together so that your brain functions Mm -hmm. as well as it possibly can. And I will be more than happy to say that I've always been a geek. Like I, I love learning. I love understanding how things work. And, you know, I look back, I, I really think my intrigue started when I was almost two. Oh, wow. Okay. And my brother found me face down in a lake mm-hmm. and I, I was that. in a snowsuit and not breathing, not motion, you know, just laying face down in this lake. And my brother pulled me out and everybody thought it was not that big of a deal. You know, she was still breathing and they just got my wet clothes off of me and got me, me cleaned up. But I always felt like I was really different than the other five kids in the family, even my identical twin. Mm-hmm. I just, 
always felt really different. And I, even just as a little kid, I was always drawing things and trying to figure out how things worked. And so I'm just a natural learner mm-hmm. of things. So when I learned about craniopathy and I thought, this, this is fascinating. Why, why aren't more people doing this? It's complicated, mm-hmm. but it's amazing how powerful it is to to help people with all kinds of things including I mean people talk about headaches all the time and they talk about concussions but this is just general brain health and I think that's one of the reasons why you wanted to talk with me is how do we keep these brains healthy because that's the one thing that I hear from people all the time the one thing that they don't want to have happen as they grow older is to lose their mind Mm -hmm. oh my gosh it's such a scary thought yeah especially for you know when I had my most recent concussion my neurologist said look you really need to stop playing soccer because your chances of having Alzheimer's and dementia are skyrocketing. They get higher and higher every single time. <laughs> and for me, that was a huge wake-up call because I, at that point, that was my third known concussion. Actually, after seeing you, I realized I've probably had about five yeah. concussions. But, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, this this is a real wake-up call mm-hmm. and as much as I love soccer and this is a difficult decision, it's also an incredibly easy decision because I want my brain functioning at its peak for its whole life. But I've been on a huge journey of after all these concussions, my brain hasn't been functioning at its peak and feeling like, will I ever be able to get back to that? And so you've been such a light for me of giving me hope. Like, yes, absolutely. You can. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's, um, it's such fascinating work and it's so, like I said, keep it simple. It's very complicated. There's mm-hmm. these separate bones that make up the skull and they, they flex and they move as you breathe in and breathe out. And that's how the brain gets its oxygen to it and the nutrients that it needs to in order to function right. But it's also how it gets rid of waste products. And you and I touched on this a little bit about sleeping mm-hmm. and how important it is to sleep in the right position for brain health. A lot of people ask me about things that they can do to keep themselves healthy, body, mind, and spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the mind part of me likes to explain that that from what I've researched it's actually better to lay on your side Mm -hmm. when you sleep they used to say right side then they said left side now they just say sleep on your side and the reason we want to do that is there's these cells called glial cells in the brain they shrink as we sleep and so it gives more space for the the brain to get rid of the waste product kind of like um garbage trucks running mm-hmm. through and getting rid of waste products at night. When you get all the cars off the street and out of the way, it's a lot easier for them to get the garbage out. Mm-hmm. And so when you're laying on your side, the because that fluid is flowing from our brain down through mm-hmm. our lymphatic system, and so that pressure on the nerve, you said, is that right? It's the pressure on the nerve when no, you're when laying No, you, when you lay on your side, it actually opens up the vasculature better than when you lay on your back or on your stomach. Okay. So... Easy peasy. <laughs> Again, just allowing that fluid to come out yep. better. Yep. Okay. It's such a simple thing that people can do and, and enhance their brain function and feel better in the morning because mm-hmm. there's nothing worse than waking up with brain fog. Oh, it's awful. I mean, I told you, I woke up every single morning mm-hmm. with headaches, brain fog. It was to the point where you feel like, I know I slept eight, even nine hours, but I physically cannot open my eyes right now. My head hurts so bad. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because I just read that one sentence in a book, sleep at an incline, and I tried it for a week and it's like, it's a whole new world for me. It's because you sleep on your back. Well, and I I did start switching to sleeping on my side too, because he he actually said that too, which I was so intrigued by because for some reason there's a memory in my head of 
being told to sleep on my back because as a kid, I always slept on my side, but I didn't sleep well. And somewhere along the line, a doctor told me you need to sleep on your back because it's better for you. And, you know, that was probably 10 years ago. So maybe the research has just changed, but I trained myself to sleep on my back. And so now it's like, okay, I've got to reverse train and go back, (laughs) go back to the side sleeping. It's so fascinating. The, The things that we learn along our paths in life. I was just thinking as you were talking about how I ended up even into craniopathy. Yeah. Um, so I was in, my doctor is in chiropractic, mm-hmm. and, and I loved the doctorate because you learn everything, the biomechanics and the neurology, but also how spirituality and mm-hmm. emotions and things affect us. We are complicated and so, so fascinating. But when I was, I can't not talk about this. When I was 31, I had a tumor that mm-hmm. was making me go blind. And I was a recent graduate with my doctorate. I'd opened my, my first practice, um, had a toddler daughter, all the stresses of opening an office, you know, a house and mortgage and student mm-hmm. loans and all this stress had happened. And I started having all these weird symptoms. Um, I stopped menstruating. My um, vision was going away quickly. I was going blind very, very fast. But the headaches were the thing that just were so debilitating. I'd never had headaches before. And I ended up, um, well, I knew, I knew what was going on because being trained in neurology, I knew that I had some sort of a tumor. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny how when you're told or, you know, when you know that you have a tumor, how I did everything to avoid finding out that it was there. Yeah. I mean, I was like, yeah. no, it, it, this is just in my head. It's the stress. It's the stress of having a toddler and the student loans and the car, you know, car payment and house payments. And, and the worse it got and the more vision I kept losing, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's it. I'm going to go to an eye doctor. I'm going to get a glaucoma test because if there's okay. a tumor in there, my, my eye pressure is going to be stronger. And, and if it's not, then I'm, you know, then I don't have a tumor and it's stress. And so I go to this eye doctor and he does the test and he turns all white and he leaves the room. And I'm like, oh no. Oh my gosh. And he came back in with a different set of equipment. And I said, it's Okay. It's okay. I, I, I know what's going on. I, I said, I know I've got a tumor. I just wanted to wait <laughs> to go and get an MRI just because I wanted to put it in denial. Yeah. <laughs> it was so much easier than actually acknowledging mm-hmm. that it was there. But I mean, my vision was going away fast. And I ended up meeting a cranial sacral therapist. And I didn't understand what she did, mm-hmm. but... Um, I met her at a business networking meeting, and I thought about her you know, months later after I got my MRI and saw this man's tumor, and I called her up and I said, I'm getting rid of this on my own. And it's, there's a whole long story. It was an amazing, amazing experience. But working with her got me intrigued. It's like, so skull bones move? Mm-hmm. We didn't really talk about it in my doctorate. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until I got involved with these research to really understand how well-researched this work is and how important it is to have the skull bo- movement and the pelvic movements coordinated together to help the body work as well as it possibly can. So during my meeting with that cranial sacral therapist, I ended up having a very, very powerful um, healing happen. Um, she says that she had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she said it was my intention because I was I was so scared. Uh, I was driving. 
I lived in Minnesota at the time, mm-hmm. and I was driving in this horrible winter weather with the vision about the size of maybe a quarter. Oh my and gosh. And it was like driving through this little tiny tunnel to her, her place. And I remember thinking, I, I, I got to get rid of this thing today. I had seen her the week before, didn't really feel anything other than relaxed. It was nice to get away from the, the stress of the, the family and the business and all that and just have a, a quiet place to kind of reflect on why do I have this. Mm-hmm. And the, the, so the second time was when it was like, okay, I'm going to be blind tomorrow. I've got to do something oh about this. And so when I got to her place, I'm like, okay, get out of my way. <laughs> I am, I'm going to figure this out today. My intention the whole time I've been driving is to figure this out. There's a reason that I've developed this. I can't figure it out. Um, I won't go into all the details because I think a lot of people have heard my story. But I ended up, um, as I was laying on her table, meditating and, and really trying to figure out like my life, why, why this was there ended up um, meeting an angel, Mm. which I never realized they were really available. But I had a conversation with this angel and asked them why I had this. And they told me to look within. What does that mean? (laughs) And I said, am I going to be successful doing it the way that I'm doing it? You know, fasting and meditating and eating really clean and believing (laughs) that I could do this. And they said, you are doing well. Go on. And I said, if you're from where I think you're from, how's my dad? Mm. And all of a sudden, this angel disappeared. And I was laying there talking to the cranial sacral therapist. I'm like, is this normal? Is this part of cranial sacral therapy? And, and she's like, no, honey, this is, this is all you. <laughs> and we talked for a little bit because I was like, that was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never had anything like that happen before. And all of a sudden, I felt this presence back again. And I turned and looked at the other side of the room, and it was the angel that had brought my dad to me. And I had the most amazing conversation with him about my doctorate. He was the one that introduced me into to chiropractic because he said you know you seem like you love to understand how everything works and this would be a perfect doctorate for you because it looks at everything mm-hmm. and yeah I cried yeah I'm, <laughs> I, 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 I cried because it was it was just such an intense experience but I also um, started having a conversation with him about when he died and he was dying from cancer, and I was 26 years old, and I just didn't want to see it. And it's interesting, his anniversary of his death is a day and a half from now. Oh so, my gosh, Yeah, wow. And I didn't, I didn't realize that. My sister just reminded me of that. And I told him, I said, you know, Dad, I feel so bad I didn't see you before you died. I was afraid. I was a young, you know, young mid-20s, and I ran away on a trip to Mexico, and he died while I was there. So the way I found out about his death was from a little little boy on a bicycle that came up and handed me a piece of paper that says, Dad died, call sister. Oh, my God. And when I told my dad that, I said, I feel so bad. I didn't see you before you died. All of a sudden, I was like, oh, my God. I know why I have this. We learned about this in my doctor that we can manifest illness mm-hmm. without, even, without even realizing it. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that I had so much regret. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I said that, I was like, oh my gosh, dad, I did this. I manifested because I didn't forgive myself for seeing you. The tumor was behind my eyes. Mm-hmm. I didn't see you before you died. 
And as soon as I acknowledged that, this amazing, powerful light came through the, the ceiling and into my head, lit my body up with this incredible light that, I mean, it's not earthly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not earthly light. And in a matter of minutes, my vision was perfect. Oh, my gosh. My follow-up MRI had no scar tissue. So you can see where I all of a sudden said, I got to learn more about this. Yeah. I got to understand, like, how how does this whole divine healing work? How does this cranial sacral work? Mm-hmm. Um, things started happening in my office. People that were blind were starting to be able to see. People that were infertile were starting to be able to conceive. And all I had to do was think about it. Mm-hmm. And then I heard about these researchers that used sacrooccipital technique which is a part of chiropractic and craniopathy okay and I'm like I'm in (laughs) so I went in and I started really learning about it and it just it was so intriguing to me because I realized by getting that movement happening in the brain you're really creating a really healthy environment Mm -hmm. so my way of coming around it was a little different than probably most people's But it was a really great way to to get into the passion of understanding how it is that we can help people mm-hmm. with something very simple. I mean, you've had the work done before. It's so relaxing. Oh, my gosh, it's amazing. And yeah. doing craniopathy, you know, I'm just giving the direction to the bones, which direction to move. Your breathing is what actually changes it. Really? Yeah. That's so interesting. So how, explain that a little bit more then. Okay, so normal normal skull, I wish I had my model here. Um, <laughs> normal skull motion is as you breathe in, the bones kind of expand and, and make more space around the brain so that you get the fluid that brings the oxygen and nutrients for it to work right. Okay? Okay. When you breathe out, they kind of compress down and force that fluid and the waste products out. Mm-hmm. So if they're not moving properly, you'll have things like jaw clenching or migraines or insomnia, even Parkinson's. Um, what I would do is figure out which ones aren't moving properly. I know which way they're supposed to move as you breathe in and breathe out. I hold it in that position, and then as you breathe in and breathe out, that internal deep fascia meninges releases the tension pattern, and all of a sudden you get this beautiful rhythmic pulsing circulation of all the fluid around the brain. It's really fun. That's amazing. So how talk about how those that movement gets disrupted. Oh gosh, it could happen. I mean, all kinds of things. I see. Sorry, I'm probably going to get thrown under the bus for this one, but post-dental work (laughs) that was me that was totally me oh it's it doesn't take a lot to disrupt the movement Mm -hmm. of the plates of the skull so sometimes you know dental work can be enough just to get things just off balance sometimes people get really dizzy or all of a sudden they're having headaches or they can't sleep so things like that um falls Mm -hmm. falls onto the tailbone because the the pelvis and the skull work together that can do it. Stress can do it. Um, emotions. And there's so many different things that can disrupt us. In SOT, which is the, the method I primarily use, we look at different categories. So it's, it's different than craniosacral mm-hmm. because we look at balancing the pelvis based on three different categories. And I won't get <laughs> totally into that, but it has to do with the dura lining of the brain or the weight bearing of the sacroiliac joint, or if there's, uh, say, a disc bulge or a disc herniation, we would treat people differently based on what we find 
on this category system. Okay. So it's scientific, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I'm simplifying it because I don't want to bore the heck out of people. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but it's really interesting too, what you just said about how if you fall on your, basically if you fall on your butt, Mm -hmm. that can affect your brain too. Yeah. Which they work together. (laughs) It's so interesting because I think it's clear that if you, any injury to any part of the body is going to affect other areas of the body, Mm -hmm. but I would never have consciously made that connection of like, yeah, so many of us have fallen on our butts yeah. <laughs> at some point in our life. And so, yeah, even that tiny bit of a disturbance can create discord right. within the brain. Yep. So would you say, do you feel like most people are walking around with not optimal brain function? Yes. <laughs> Without a doubt. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Without a doubt. That's... You know, one of the things that I really noticed uh, when I moved out to L.A. was I just kept seeing this pattern of frontal bones, like where your forehead is, forehead and the Uh top of your head, that wasn't flexing the way that it should as you breathe in and breathe out. And where I used to work, we saw a lot of, of millennials. And I kept noticing this pattern over and over and over again. I finally figured out they were all born by C-section. Oh, wow. And so even even from birth, there can be changes because they don't get that, that vaginal compression mm-hmm. that, that starts that rhythmic pumping of the, the head. And, and then, I mean, I'm going to get a little bit deep here for a second. Yeah. In craniopathy, we look at what's going on in the brain as well. Mm-hmm. So in that frontal bone that we were just talking about with C-sections, right underneath that in that part of the brain, that's where things like depression, frustration, anxiety reside. Mm. Things like eating disorders usually arise from the right side of the frontal bone. Okay. Addictions Mm -hmm. are on the left top side of the frontal bone. So if there's not proper movement and you're not getting the, the, um, exchange of fluids in that area, it can actually possibly cause those things. I mean, I've seen it over and over and over again. It's hard to make claims like that, but when you see it Mm -hmm. and you change it, Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't not share the information with people. Mm-hmm. Wow. So let's say, for example, a child who's born by C-section, mm-hmm. right out of the bat, their brain isn't moving properly. The skull bones probably are not. The skull bones are probably I know not. Um, in some countries, they actually have nurses that are trained in doing this very gentle manipulation. Like oh, Babies wow. love to suck. Okay, because uh-huh. it, it feels good to them. It, it helps their, their cranial bones move properly. It helps them with the, if they have congestion in their ears and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I wish we would do that here because it would be so simple. It would be so simple, but maybe someday. Yeah, so they basically bring in trained nurses to... They'll go right into their palate, right into the roof of their mouth and have them suck on their, their finger and press their palate so that it's nice and rounded and everything oh, wow. works together. And that's something they do to every baby that's born? I, I've heard that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that for sure. Okay. But just in some countries, I know that they are, that's just a part of their birth process. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so amazing. And you actually do oftentimes work on infants. Oh yeah. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> so what are some of the instances that someone has needed to bring in their child? Ear infections. Okay. Huge, huge um, issue with with babies. They're 
their eustachian tubes don't drain at an angle like adults. They're more horizontal, so they're more prone to get ear infections. And everything we do is so gentle. There's mm-hmm. there's no like pushing and you know stretching and and um, anything hard like that. It's all just it's almost like if you can imagine the amount of force you would use to touch your eyeball. Mm-hmm. That's really all it takes. Yes. No. When I, I mean every time I have a session with you, it feels like. Because you you also incorporate the chiropractic, and actually, what we didn't share was that you also incorporate um, uh, Reiki and Qigong. And Qigong, yeah, yep. But it's so interesting because I think most people's experience with chiropractic in general is a little aggressive mm-hmm. and a lot of cracking. Yeah. Um, but even for me, I never even enjoyed massages because I would walk out of there feeling like I'd kind of gotten beat up mm-hmm. in a sense. Um. But I, every time I leave a session with you, you were so gentle. It felt like feathers on my skin, <laughs> but I walk out of there floating. I mean, everything just feels so incredibly relaxed. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. This, this is one of the reasons why I like that SOT technique and craniopathy because it's all based on science. Mm-hmm. It's all based on looking at what a pattern is. You don't have to push things around. We use breathing. I have gentle little triangular blocks that I can put under people's pelvis and what by them breathing and, and um, having that, that motion of, of gravity and physics getting the movement. It doesn't take pushing and cracking and mm-hmm. things to get a body aligned right mm-hmm. and the alignment you know the, the alignment's important as far as even the reiki it's mm-hmm. huge reiki is a, a big part of emotional healing i mean people walk around with emotional baggage all the time and and then using qigong you're using meridians mm-hmm. in the you know the chinese medicine the meridians and the and the life force and the chi to to get movement through people mm-hmm. it's powerful yeah. getting the chakras on i mean we are complicated yeah and we're super cool well and i love that you combine so many different areas because exactly and this is my whole philosophy just in life but particularly something that i want to communicate through the podcast and my website is just we are, like you said, such complex beings, but we can't just focus on one area. You know, you see people out there, they're, they've got the best diet in the world, but they're, like you said, carrying around so much emotional baggage or um, they exercise all the time, but they eat poor or they exercise all the time and they eat really good, but their internal home environment is full of toxins. Mm-hmm. And so I really want to try and encourage people more and more to we need to focus on every single area of us as human beings mental emotional physical spiritual and finding that balance and it's amazing I think that's why we connect so well because that's exactly what you do you bring in all those modalities voracious learners and (laughs) understanders of all things living yeah yeah we love it yeah so one of the things that uh, I think was important to bring up was a lot of times when I'm working with people, other practitioners may tend to focus on the symptom. And the symptom may not necessarily be the cause. Mm-hmm. It may be just what shows up. Mm-hmm. And like I've seen, I've seen somebody with a frozen shoulder, okay, that, for instance, that I couldn't find anything neurologically, biomechanically, spiritually wrong with her. Not even cranially. I mean, there's, there's the, the base of the skull has a really important innervation for the shoulder girdle. 
And even that was fine. And I was sitting there, I was just perplexed. I was like, I can't find anything that would cause this incredible pain and lack of movement. And then <laughs> I don't know if this happened after my tumor healing. I get very strong intuition and I get a lot of um, guidance when I work with people. And all of a sudden I heard spearmint. And I was like, spearmint? What does that mean? No idea what that means. And I was, I was trying to think, you know, I asked her, I said, do you, do you chew spearmint gum with artificial sweeteners in it? And she's like, no, because artificial sweeteners are horrible, horrible for you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, my mom has some essential oils. see if she's got... <laughs> Sometimes you just have to play outside the box. Mm-hmm. So I went and I was looking through her essential oils and she had a little vial of spearmint. And I'm not trained in essential oils. This was just like, she just happened to have these around. So I, I grabbed the little vial of spearmint and I came up and I had this woman smell it. And she's like, oh, that smells good. And I said, can you raise your arm up? And she raised her arm up and she was looking. It was so funny. She had her arm up above her head and she's looking at it with her eyes huge and her mouth open and going, what? Oh my God. <laughs> she goes, how do you do this? And I said, I, I don't know. I just listened. I said, I look up in the little, the little book that my mom had. I'm like, what is spearmint oil for? What is yeah. spearmint oil for? I have no <laughs> idea. And it was for emotional things. And I, so I asked this woman, I said, are you going through some emotional things right now. I mean, you don't have to tell me exactly what they are, but maybe if we can identify and let your brain and body process through this. And she's like, oh no, I'll share with you. No, my son is driving me crazy. And she goes on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh my gosh, I don't feel like I have any control over him. And it manifested in her shoulder, Hmm. but she was fine. Mm-hmm. absolutely no pain that's why she's like you are wild like, yeah yep <laughs> oh my gosh well th- that comes right back to what I was just talking about before I've just I think there are clear environmental factors food factors that can contribute to disease mm-hmm. absolutely but even what you just shared is such a testament to we could be living the optimal life you know in the mountains somewhere there's no pollution there's mm-hmm. no toxins we've got the best food we're moving all the time but if we've got that emotional trauma that pent-up energy whatever that can absolutely manifest itself in some way in the body right well I mean look at me I'm the poster child of emotional manifestation hello I had no idea that I had regret Mm -hmm. about my dad not a clue oh and by the way um so I, I could not get pregnant because of what was going on with the tumor and how it was affecting my pituitary gland mm-hmm. and everything. I had a second baby. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I got pregnant with her shortly after the tumor was healed. And which brings me to another thing. So I have, I have dealt with the, uh, the struggles of fertility issues. Mm-hmm. I really, 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 really wanted to have a second baby. And because of my circumstances, I just couldn't. My, my, hormones and I mean everything was so affected by this tumor but my desire was there and that's one of the passions I have I love helping people conceive babies mm-hmm. <laughs> not oh literally gosh, so but but making <laughs> yeah. making the the environment nurturing and right and I think so often when we look at the, often they say infertility I always say fertility I tend to be a positive person mm-hmm. so when we look at fertility there's a lot of things that are involved in it it's not just the ovaries and uterus mm-hmm. 
it's the it's the pituitary it's the thyroid it's the it's the mind it's the emotional state of of how people are feeling it's a lot of work to get pregnant and there's a lot of facets to it but it's been so fun to work with these people that didn't think they had any hope mm-hmm. or, or they just you know keep going and getting injections and injections and I'm just thinking off the top of my head I was going to my twin sister's house one day and and her neighbor came running out and like jumped at my car window and she's like hi I'm like oh hey what's going on <laughs> and she's like I heard you might be able to help me get pregnant and I said nice to see you and <laughs> um, your name is and, wow so what's my sister been saying and, yeah and she said well, she just told me about all the all the miracle babies and and we've been going through all this this stuff at Mayo Clinic nobody can figure out what's going on with us and, and I said okay well let me bring my suitcases in <laughs> and I'll, I'll take a look at you and just give me like give me like 20 minutes yeah. okay <laughs> and it was so simple what was going on with her it was pelvic floor muscles that were just imbalanced um she she was frustrated she was Mm -hmm. scared because they'd gone through all this like what's wrong with us you know we're beautiful people why can't we conceive Mm -hmm. and and honestly we both believed that that she could get pregnant and I think that's a huge thing with um with working with people is is the intention and and the understanding like when I'm working with somebody you're darn toot, and I am on that the, the idea of whatever they want, whatever their intention is, I'm going to match it. Mm-hmm. And I could feel her desire mm-hmm. for being a mom. And um, she got pregnant that month. Oh, my I, God. I worked on her twice that, that weekend. Month. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And then she had him, and then she wanted to get pregnant again, so she came back. Mm-hmm. And she got pregnant again. Wow. <laughs> and then she came back, and I worked on her again, and she got pregnant, and then she had a miscarriage. But then she came back, or no, she was, I'm sorry, she wasn't getting pregnant that time, and her husband came with her that time. And I said, you know, I haven't worked with you for a long time. Do you mind if I just check? Maybe it's just something on the male side, not not the female side. Mm-hmm. And being trained in Qigong, I, I understand how chi works and how the chi is supposed to flow through the body. That's the life force that animates us and gives us um, life and power and if somebody's chi is flowing backwards instead of having their body work like a magnet things tend to repel Mm -hmm. you tend to have poor relationships it's you just have a really hard time manifesting things because we're basically like big batteries our Mm -hmm. bodies are Mm -hmm. these electrical beings and if the chi is flowing backwards his sperm which i checked his his chi was flowing the opposite direction so his sperm was being pushed away from the egg oh my okay? gosh so because you got to think of this where we are energy mm-hmm. so it's a really easy uh it's a really easy move it's just i can't believe we're talking about this <laughs> uh, sending a signal through the achilles tendons okay and up into the brain and you can reverse the cheat well they ended up getting pregnant with twins oh my god a little too much <laughs> i know I'm like, we're done now right <laughs> yeah. it's a lot of kids that's a lot of kids and it's just it's such an honor to be a part of that journey with mm-hmm. people and just instead of just looking at the ovaries and uterus it's like what you know what's going on what's going on in your brain what's going on in your in your chakras are you mm-hmm. are you fully present is everything connected the way that it's supposed to be if there's a missing link things aren't going to work right mm-hmm. And it's so special because 
I think what's so lacking in Western medicine, quote unquote, is that commitment to the puzzle. To I love puzzles. Out the puzzle. <laughs> I am the puzzle. Like, I love puzzles. Yes. I do that all the time. I like bring on the hardest and people. Exactly. You it. look at people as puzzles, but you are 110% committed to piecing every single thing together. I love it. And it's, it's so, so fascinating. I mean, it's so, what's the word for it? Like, it fills you with peace as a patient of yours. Mm-hmm. It fills me with peace knowing that this is someone who is going to jump in on my battle and fight with me till the very end. With love. With love and, <laughs> and like, verbaciousness, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and passion. Yeah. I love my people. Yeah. I just love my people. And it's so felt. And then I was, for some reason, I was at a doctor's office a few weeks ago and it was so sterile. And I think I was there for all of 10 minutes. It was, you know, the routine checkup, which I probably won't ever do again. Um, you know, she you know tapped my knee and checked my heartbeat and didn't ask too many questions. And even though I told her some serious things that I had going on and she was like, oh yeah, I'll refer you here and refer you there. And I was just like, oh no. This, I found Dr. Danny. <laughs> She's my person. Oh, thank you. Um, and, you know, it, it's kind of heartbreaking because so many people go to these standard care practitioners, I guess, and are just kind of turned away or they're not really valued for what the problems are that are going on. It gets pushed under the rug or they're told like, no, it's not really that big of a deal. You're not feeling anything. And I feel like with women in particular, this happens quite often. Um especially with um, menstrual symptoms and maybe even infertility or lack of fertility. <laughs> fertility. Fertility. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting. It's so nice to have someone who's just going to listen and really be on your side with that. Thank you. Yeah, I love to ask questions. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how just talking with somebody, just really sitting down and getting to know them and see what's going on in their life and... All of a sudden, I'll have this hit of a of a message, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I know what we need to do." Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> let's go. Let's go this direction because I never know which hat I'm going to put on. Am I putting on all all four? Mm-hmm. Yeah, five. Now I'm now I'm learning homeopathy as well. I'm so excited for that. I <laughs> so can't I'm like, I add that on. But I I love like you said. I mean, I love figuring out the puzzles. So if I can use homeopathy to electromagnetically go into somebody's body and mm-hmm. help it move along something that is just stuck mm-hmm. <laughs> not just stuck if something's stuck we want to make sure that the body is flowing the way that it's supposed to i learned in my qigong training my my grandmaster would be like you said the word just I'm like yeah i just did say that didn't i <laughs> the power no, no. of words mm-hmm. like, even talking fertility versus infertility mm-hmm. when you muscle test somebody and you say like sorry nike i'm going to i'm going to bust you guys out on this when you say just do it if you test somebody's muscle strength and, and have them say, just do it, they will lose the strength in their arm. But if you say, say, do it, they will be strong. The word just sucks the energy oh, wow. out of things. <laughs> Again, sorry, Nike. You might want a new slogan. <laughs> She's giving you some marketing tips. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get marketing tips, <laughs> relationship advice. <laughs> I, I was it. joking with a guy today that I saw last week and... He's like, man, I am irritable. And I said, what are you irritable about? And he goes, I don't know. I'm just irritable. This, this is bugging me and my work is busy. And I'm 
hip hurts. And, and I'm like, it's okay. Cause you know, you're getting better. You're getting better. And I said, you know, there is a, there is a vertebrae. He's going to love that I'm bringing this up because he was telling me, um, when I saw him, I was telling him I was doing your podcast. Oh, he really? goes, you've got to talk about the bitchy vertebrae. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's I said, named. really? And he's, he goes, it was so funny. He works in a medical practice and, um, he said, I came back and everybody's like, wow, what happened to You're you? You're so happy. You're so happy. And he's like, I got my bitchy vertebrae fixed. <laughs> and it's right at the base of the skull. And if it's not moving right, everything bothers you. Oh, Crooked wow. pictures, sounds, and it's just such a simple fix. You said it's right at the base of the skull. Right. Yep. Okay. Right where the skull and the neck meet. Got it. A lot of times people have a lot of, lot of tension there. <laughs> so now you know. Yeah. Not that, not that we want all the bitchy people to come <laughs> here. But if you want to come, I mean, I'm happy to check it out. Yeah. I like to make people happy. I really, really, really do. Mm-hmm. And I love educating people. And I think yeah. that's one of the reasons why you and I get along so well, too, because you're like this voracious learner, too, oh and gosh, we just so bounce ideas off each other and go, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Yeah. I know. Well, I, I mean, I try not to ask a thousand questions when we're I in session questions. because sometimes I'm like, okay, she's really, she's focusing on something right now. I can feel it. Okay. Like, let's just be quiet. But like I said, every sentence that comes out of your mouth, 20 questions come to mind. I'm like, okay, what about this? What about that? So we might be doing a lot of these podcasts. I, know, I, lo- I mean, <laughs> selfishly, truly, it's so selfish of me because if no one listens to this, I could care less. I'm going to listen to this over and over and over. It's <laughs> funny. I love it. Yeah. So was there anything else that you wanted to add in regards to fertility? Uh, it's, you know, it's easier said than done because, you know, being in that situation myself where I'm just like, come on, like, why is my body not responding? Mm-hmm. Being able to chill out and just accept how remarkable our bodies are and and focus on what it is that you want not what you don't want mm-hmm. oh that's great that's so powerful you know another thing um i was at a research conference in october and we were talking about the emf frequencies, electromagnetic mm-hmm. frequencies and you know there's this whole conversation about 5g and is it destroying our our people and we were talking about how being around EMFs like Wi-Fi, computers, cell phones, that they give off these these radioactive waves, mm-hmm. which we know are damaging. I mean, I, back when I was a kid, it's like, don't stay under the power lines, you know, you're going to get cancer. But they're proving now that, that people that are exposed to EMFs on a regular basis tend to have abnormal cell growth and oh, wow. hormone issues, visual processing issues and things like that. So when I learned about this company um, at the research conference that sells these little, they're like these little stickers, they're tiny little things mm-hmm. that have this uh, ability to decrease the radiation that comes off of cell phones and things like that. I was like, I'm putting those on my website. So if you ever want to learn about it, it's a really, really great company owned by Dr. Valerie Nelson. Okay. And you can buy these little, like these little stickers that don't really look like much. Mm-hmm. But they, I put them on my TV, I have them on my Wi-Fi, I have them on my cell phone, I have them on my iPad, I have them on my computer. And I just thought, you know, I got people coming into my home, because I do work out of my home. Mm-hmm. I got people coming in here all the time, and I want them to feel like they're in a, a good, healthy environment. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm freaking out, like, oh, the 
world's going to fall apart. You know, all these radioactive waves are coming through. But if there's things that we can do mm-hmm. to help ourselves be healthy, mm-hmm. something as simple as that, yeah, do it. Yeah, and just learning, you know, there's the extreme end, which is like, let's leave modern society altogether. Mm-hmm. But that's just not realistic. No. So finding a way to still live and function within modern society, but address some of these very pressing concerns that, now, thankfully, research is really backing up and saying, yeah, these are some serious issues to consider. Right. You know, one of the other things I learned at that research conference, um, which helped me, selfishly helped me, because I could never figure out when I would sit at the computer, oh my gosh, I mean, I'm, a, I'm an energetic person, and, I, and I'm, I like to learn, and I like to read, and I like to say I'm smart and everything, but I'll sit at a computer, and I feel just dumb. I lose focus, I lose concentration, I'd be like, oh, I gotta go find something else to do. This is sucking the life out of me. And what I found out at that research conference is how damaging the blue lights are to our brains. And something as simple like I went on Amazon and I got two pair of blue light blocking glasses that I wear at the computer for twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Twenty dollars, people. Go on and get yourself some blue light blocking glasses. And they <laughs> yeah. have them at all kinds of different styles. You can even get them. You can go and get the expensive kind if you want from your eye doctor, and you can get them pre- prescription and things like that. But anything that we can do to enhance our brain function is something as simple as putting a pair of glasses on or getting a screen protector over mm-hmm. your computer. Yeah, I need that. Night and day. I sit at my computer now in, in my nerdy little glasses and I'm like, oh, I feel like a rock star. Like yeah. I can I can focus and I can get so much done. Mm-hmm. It, it's really noticeable to me. Yeah. No, I use them too. And I actually have a pair that I use at night. Mm-hmm. They're amber tinted. Oh, okay. Um, but they're 100% blue light blocking glasses. But it's so funny because I anyone who follows my social media probably is sick of me talking about it now. But I talk about all the time getting out in sunlight, first of all, because Mm -hmm. there actually is good blue light from the sun that we need. But it's also being accompanied by all these other rays of light and colors of light that are balancing it out and sort of maybe healing any of the damaging effects of just the blue light alone. But now we've got TV screens and phones and computers and so many people are staring at them all day long. And so I wrote a whole long article on all the damaging effects of blue light how can we sort of counteract those by wearing blue light blocking glasses? Or now there's some really cool, you can change the lighting on your phone yeah, to be like completely too. red. I yeah, love that. Yeah. People are like, okay, that's creepy. Why is your phone red? Because um, I'm an alien. <laughs> yeah, but then just light in general. Yeah. Why light is so important. I mean, every single day I'm challenging people, are you getting at least 20 minutes of sunlight today? And that's at a minimum. So, yeah, I, I mean, I could talk about light all day. <laughs> and we're blessed to live out in L.A. I know. Oh, I mean, at least we get it. We get the sunlight yeah. all the time. I mean, I love, I love Minnesota. And that, that was actually one of my biggest obstacles was to moving. move out oh. to L.A. Really? Was, was leaving my, my clients. Oh. Well, yeah, the clients, yeah. I don't miss the winters, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You were just saying, I was like, are you, are you missing Minnesota yet, the winter? No, not at all. Mm, not yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I did want to touch on concussions and I guess, what would you call them? Traumatic brain injuries? I don't know. Yeah. Brain trauma, just any kind of hit to the brain. Cause like we were saying earlier, I feel like this is something that 
everyone has had happen at least once in their life at some point as a kid they fell out of bed they tripped on something we've all hit our heads so can you tell us like I don't know what's the question I'm trying to ask here uh, you, you just, what, you just what, share. Okay, so I have an idea. Of, I think I know where you're going. Okay. What can we do, obviously, to identify a concussion? I mean, they've got a whole protocol out there now. A lot of times it can be you know, speech issues, cognitive issues, vision issues, slurring of the speech, um, learning issues, uh, not being able to focus or concentrate, difficulty speaking. So those are the classic concussion things. Mm-hmm. With craniopathy, we're, we're looking not just at concussions. I mean, this, that's obviously really, really important. Mm-hmm. But we're looking at brain health and how how to keep ourselves healthy. Now, if you ever are in the situation where you have a concussion, there's things that you can do that would help you. Mm-hmm. Um, me, I've, I've had one, so I, I, I totally attest to how, how awful you feel mm-hmm. <laughs> when your brain has been so smacked that... <laughs> You see stars and and you can't think clearly yeah. and um, had vision issues and things like that. So what I learned was laying down, just resting as much as you possibly can. You always hear people saying, you know, like they shouldn't be looking at the TV and they shouldn't be looking at their cell phones and things like that. Well, we, you and I have kind of touched on this now, the importance of light and what it can do to your brain. Mm-hmm. When you've had a hit to your head, there can be inflammation. Okay, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of forgiveness room in the the skull for swelling. Okay. So when you think your brain cells actually vibrate over one another. So if you rub your hands together, that, that mimics the vibration of brain cells. You feel your hands as you okay. rub them together, they get warm, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. That causes inflammation. Just like if you have rings on your fingers in the summer when it's hotter, your rings are tighter. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the winter, when their um, hands are colder, your rings are looser. Mm-hmm. So when you have a brain that's thinking, it's creating vibration, it's creating heat, it's creating inflammation. So number one, you want to be in quiet. I've always said I, it's better to be in the dark because then there's no stimulation. Mm-hmm. You're just letting the brain chill out. There is um, shamanic drumming that is really, really helpful. Okay, You can get that on um, YouTube or iTunes or just uh, probably anywhere on the internet. Just type in shamanic drumming. And it just sounds like people in a drum circle. Boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. Making this very subtle rhythmic sound that has been proven to kind of flatline brain activity just oh, really wow. chill it out and have had great oh success with people I'm using that. that I found while we're on this I found um sound bowls sound baths mm-hmm. sound baths that sound yeah, for me that like great? gets me into this kind of weird I don't know hypnotic state mm-hmm. it's so soothing but I'm gonna look that up for sure yeah because sometimes I'll just find a YouTube video on of a sound bath of the sound mm-hmm. bowls and I'll just drift off to sleep with that. Yeah. But it's, it does. The brain it, loves the vibration. Oh my gosh. It's crazy yeah. how it's like something gets switched on or switched off that your brain just kind of feels at peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's nice. I think everybody should do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Un- unplug and just check out once in a while and just let the brain relax. The other thing that I found, um, it's really helpful after head trauma is eating eggs. Really? So my vegans might not like that, but the choline is so good. Okay. for brain health and you know you injure your head I mean it's just like any other injury you've got to do things that are going to help it heal mm-hmm. and so if there's simple things like eating eggs that will give it the choline and the, the proteins and things that it needs to heal mm-hmm. more efficiently mm-hmm. why not so on that note because I did want to ask you about 
supplements are such a huge thing. Mm -hmm. Do you recommend, I'm, I'm thinking like omega threes, I feel like are often recommended for brain health or even like, uh, lion's mane. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? So one of the things that I learned, I'm glad you asked that. (laughs) One of the things I learned about, so I take tuna oil, but one of the things I learned about the fish oils, which is really, I mean, the fish oil is really good for your brain. Some of them, when they make them, they use solvents to pull more oil mm-hmm. out of the fish. They get more product, mm-hmm. but they encapsulate that solvent in with the fish oil. And it can cause a lot of inflammation. It can cause neural issues, um, headaches, uh, muscle pains, nerve pains, and mm-hmm. things like that. So the way to test if your fish oil is good is just open a capsule and put it into like a, a styrofoam cup or a styrofoam bowl. It's got to be styrofoam. Okay? okay. And if it's got the solvents, it will degrade or, or disintegrate that styrofoam away pretty much within a matter of seconds. Oh, wow. Okay. So if you find that, throw those fish oils away. Okay. <laughs> I have a company that I use um, called Standard Process. Okay. And I, I don't know if you can buy it online. I think you have to buy it from a practitioner. Mm-hmm. I, d- I don't keep supplements in stock here, but I'll order them for people mm-hmm. if they want them. Uh, but that's a really good company. Okay. Um, the Lion's Mane, I don't really know much about. Okay. So fish oils. Mm-hmm. But then also, is there an issue? I feel like I'm having a memory that there's an issue sometimes with mercury. Is that a thing? Yeah. In fish oil? In fish, yeah. Can it be extracted when they're extracting the fish oil and included? I don't know. Okay. I've never I've never researched that. I yeah. guess that's a viable yeah. idea. Okay. I have to look into that. You know, we were talking about, in my homeopathy class, we were talking about um, being in Alaska and watching the, the bear catch the salmon. Mm-hmm. And they eat the eggs and they eat the brains, but they don't eat the meat. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, Those are the highest so fat highest fat sources in the fish. And they just throw these beautiful salmon up on the shore. Oh my gosh. And we're over here like, please give me give me your salmon. I know we're talking about, you know, all these fat free diets and things yeah. like that. You gotta have fats in your diet. Mm-hmm. You've gotta have cholesterol. I mean these are building blocks that are so important. Mm-hmm. So is would you recommend taking supplements or oh yeah for everyone absolutely just in general taking a fish oil supplement yep i would i would um these days even with the organic foods which i mean i try to stick with pretty much that and we do eat um grass-fed hormone-free meat Mm my mom and i um our soil is so depleted yeah and we just, this being human is a really complex environment to run. And, and if we don't have the proper fuel sources, it's not going to work well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say I take enough supplements and I'm going to live to be 150 <laughs> or 200. I love, I love yeah. that. Do you, do you know Dave Asprey? Yeah. Okay. Then you, you know all about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been reading a couple of his books, but he's so 180. That's his mark. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So... Anything else, uh, specifically foods for brain health? If we can all supplement with a fish oil, great. What about foods that we can eat or make ourselves? Oh, gosh. I mean, there's there's so many different things. 
the the eggs I think are number one. Really? Okay. Absolutely. I mean, you can go you can Google this, find all kinds of ideas of, mm-hmm. of things that would work well for okay. your choice of how you want to eat. If you want to be vegan or mm-hmm. vegetarian or carnivorous. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll have to look that up. Or ketogenic. Yeah. Oh, that's what that's what I wanted to ask you about is the fats how important fats are for brain health, brain health. Very important. Because, I mean, this is what we were talking about with mm-hmm. the bears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're going to grab out the highest fat parts yep. of the salmon mm-hmm. to, in order to keep themselves healthy. Mm-hmm. And that's um, something that Dave Asprey talks about so much in his Bulletproof Coffee and is giving your brain those good fats mm-hmm. every single day. And it's crazy because I actually started doing the Bulletproof Coffee thing um, kind of on a whim, it's just a test on myself, mm-hmm. but oh my goodness, my brain feels totally on Great when I have those good fats. Yeah, it's like giving you the good fuel source. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Garbage in gives garbage out. Yeah, but somehow we got on this path of fats are bad, just fat in general is right. bad. There's no use for it in the body. Right. No, we, we absolutely need it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else? Is there anything that I'm not touching on that you wanted to add? Oh, I did. I did want to ask you if you want to share some of your, um, I don't know, favorite or most impactful healing experiences that you felt like you've had with patients. If you're able to, I know there's so many. (laughs) There's a lot of them. Um, I think, (laughs) I think really there's so many powerful ones I don't want to I don't want to pick sides anybody no, right. <laughs> the one there's one that I that I really can is really coming to my mind and it's this woman that came in with this ovarian tumor mm-hmm. and it was it was very large and she was seeing other doctors um she didn't want to have it biopsied she was too nervous about it but it was it was big mm-hmm. and and she was in a lot of pain and she had heard about some of the stories about after my tumor was healed, about mm-hmm. the the healings I was helping people facilitate. I wasn't doing it. <laughs> I was helping their bodies do it. Mm-hmm. And I had I was kind of gun shy because a couple of weeks before that, I had kind of sort of accidentally taken on somebody's energy of their pneumonia. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's a long story, mm-hmm. but but it, it affected me and took away my voice and everything. It was crazy. I felt fine, mm-hmm. but the the energy of working with this person with ALS. Mm-hmm. And just for reference, this was, you talk about this in your podcast with Lacey, oh, with Lacey which yes. I'll link to oh, so okay. people can listen to. Okay. And then they can hear some of these other stories. That's a, that's a good idea. So I was, I was a little nervous about working with this woman with the, the tumor because I thought, oh crap, this is going to come to me. Mm-hmm. I can't be having people stuff come into my body. I mean, I am a resource to help other people, but I can't be this <laughs> collector of people's stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember, um, I saw her the first time and I was like, okay, I think we're going to be okay. The second time she came back because I was still a little gun shy. I remember knowing that that was the day she was going to be healed. Oh wow! And I, I was working out of my home office and I went up to my daughters and I said, do not come into my office. Something amazing is going to happen oh today. So if you can just stay up here and let me go focus on what I'm doing. 
they're like, whatever, mom. And, and <laughs> didn't want to come in anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're not fun anyway. <laughs> and I remember um, she was laying on her back, and I was thinking, why could this not exit her vaginally? She's got the she's got the parts. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's on her ovary. <laughs> Women go through menstruation all the time. Like, why could this not happen? So I didn't tell her what I was thinking or visualizing. I put my hands on the tumor, and I saw exactly what I wanted to happen. And she left that day, and she was feeling better. And she came back a couple of weeks later, and she said, can we talk about our last appointment before we do anything? And I said, of course. Um, what's going on? And she said, well, an hour and a half after I saw you, I went home, and I started passing these massive clots of tissue oh my god like vaginally like <gasps> like she said it was like having a period but like tissue yeah it wasn't blood <laughs> and she called her doctor and said oh my god what do i do and they said get in here right away and so she went in they did an ultrasound and they could not find the tumor now this thing was the size they, they called it two lemons i it felt like a grapefruit to me it was big i mean you could feel it from the outside oh, wow. and and then they did an mri and it was gone. She didn't even have scar tissue. Oh, my gosh. And I remember her saying, Dr. Danny, you have got to write a book. You've got to let people know that this is possible. And I'm like, oh, I don't really want to do that. You know, I mean, I guess I could, but that's a lot of work. And I'd rather just put my hands on people. And then I, so then finally I sat down. And I was like, okay, I'm going to write a book. And I, I wrote as much as I could write. And I didn't back it up. And no, my hard drive no, fried no. on a Mac. Like, do Mac hard drives fry? Uh, I guess they do often. when you're doing That's energy work bizarre. around it. Wow. So I lost it all. And and I started it again. I, I think what I'm going to have to do is have somebody ghostwrite it for me. Mm-hmm. Because I've got thousands, thousands of stories. Wow. So what do you want? Do you want it to be a collection of the stories? I think so. Okay. Oh my gosh. It keeps it keeps changing. <laughs> um, I I just think I love inspiring people mm-hmm. and I love giving people hope and and I understand how how things work together in the big picture of yeah. of you know we're not just these physical bodies we're emotions and spiritual and chemical and just knowing how everything works together. Mm-hmm. It's fun. And, and to be able to inspire people and say, you know what? If this is your intention, like really own it. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is what you really want to have happen for you. Really, really feel it. Mm. Feelings are so powerful. Yeah. You know, it was so funny. Uh, it last week, I was going <laughs> to, funny, I was going to grab a necklace off the hook in my bathroom. And it was stuck to the other necklaces that were hanging there. And I was like, oh, shoot. You know, I was kind of in a hurry. And and I picked up the whole group of necklaces, and I dropped them. And I was like, no. And they was like, oh, shoot. You know, I really wanted to get it untangled. So instead of unhooking the latch and pulling it off, I started pulling it. And the whole mass got tighter and tighter oh, and tighter. Of all these chains interwound together. And I'm like, crap. You know, I don't have time for this. I was working on my homeopathy homework. And, and I was like... Yeah, the more I would pull, things would get tighter and tighter. I'm like, all right, fine. 
Okay, back up. You're going to use this as meditation. Oh my gosh, I love that. And so I went and I got two tweezers. And I turned on the, the teachings of Abraham, Abraham Hicks. Love Abraham okay. Hicks. If you've not listened to Abraham Hicks, listen to it. Right. It's so... I have to look him up. Oh, it's so fun. It's so fun. And I sat there for over two hours untangling necklaces. And the thing that I thought was so funny is the, the bigger ones, those were easy to get mm-hmm. untangled. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, this is life. And I'm listening to this inspiring words of Abraham. And this is life. We think these big injuries are what defines us and what has caused all this damage. But the big ones were easy to get out of the way. And then the medium ones were, you know, they were a little easier to get out. And I was like, well, this is kind of typical physical symptoms and irritations that bother us in our lives. But the ones that were the hardest were the little teeny delicate ones, the little wispy things that are almost like a spider web. And I kept thinking, that's so much like spirituality oh and emotions gosh, yeah. that they get so wound up in this whole mass of body. Hmm. <laughs> but they're the ones that are really holding on. They were so difficult to get out of there. And it, it just made me laugh because I'm like, I am having a spiritual <laughs> enlightenment out of these freaking tangled necklaces. Oh my gosh. And imagine if you hadn't stopped to untangle them. Oh, I would have been like, come on, you know, let's just tear these things apart. Because I remember at first I was like, oh, maybe I just bring them in and just get them melted and make it into something else. <laughs> and they're like, no, that's not how I think. I like to figure things out. I'm going to use this as an opportunity to just listen to Abraham, get all these amazing teachings, inspire myself, and relax. Mm-hmm. And it really was meditative it's an, and yeah. a victory, like, mm-hmm. especially when those little ones got untangled. It's like, yes, yeah. <laughs> these little spiritual awakening. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> but you would have missed out on that whole thing if you hadn't taken the time to do that, mm-hmm. you know? But I love that. That's so powerful because the whole concept of meditation is amazing. Let's quiet mm-hmm. the brain. But so often we can do that in an activity, mm-hmm. exactly like you just said. I think people get so overwhelmed, even I do, with the concept of meditation. Right. And <laughs> I actually went out two weeks ago and bought an adult coloring book. Good. And some pencils. Yeah. And just, yeah, coloring in silence or with some maybe shamanic drums in the background. Yeah. Um, but it's so meditative, actually, yeah. when you just focus on one thing and clear up your brain a little bit but you never know what's going to come through. Right. And that's why I love honoring that call within you to to do something or be still, whatever it is. Like, you don't know what you're going to miss out on mm-hmm. if you don't. Exactly. I was trained in my uh, Qigong work that you can pretty much make anything meditative. I, okay. I love to cook. It's meditative to me. Mm-hmm. I'll be sitting there, you know, chopping up vegetables and it's like, oh, this is so nice. Mm-hmm. Like, what an honor that this carrot, you know, came into the ground and, and took in all these nutrients and created this amazing thing. This, this is my life, folks. This is how I think. And it's to me, anything can be meditative. Even when I'm working with my clients, I mean, I am like, I, I guess I would call it entrained into their, their energy. We we're going to go new agey here for a second, <laughs> but kind of entrained into their energy and what's, what's happening with them, where things are not getting through quite right. I have to tell you a funny thing that happened. So after my tumor was healed, I, I get guidance. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's angels, God, if it, I don't know what it is, but I get I get guidance when I'm working with people. And <laughs> I've been doing this a long time, okay? 
So this guy comes in and he's like, Dr. Dan, you got to help me. I've got so many blockages. And he was just desperate. And, and all of a sudden I hear this message that said, instead of thinking of them as blockages, think of them as gates. Mm. It will be much easier. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> how come you didn't tell me that two decades <laughs> yeah, ago? Right. That's freaking brilliant. Mm-hmm. And so I was telling this guy, I said, okay, this is the message I just heard for you. And he's like, he like melted. He's like, I actually feel like that's possible. Mm. Like I can work through these things because now instead of trying to push a blockage out of the way, all I got to do is open the gate mm-hmm. and access yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. It's been amazing, amazing oh, so changes. Powerful. Like even his, um, his work has improved mm-hmm. because he's not pushing against a blockage. He opened a gate yeah. and all these opportunities have suddenly appeared for him. He just changed the perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so what do you, when you, when you were saying meditation, anything can be meditation. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like too, it's so important to let that be the sole task you're doing? No, oh, no. And then it becomes meditative. So I'll say, so for example, for me, what I've really tried to start doing this new year is not multitasking. So if I'm, I don't know, if if I'm working on my computer, my phone is on do not disturb. I'm not, nothing is going to pop up and distract me for that. That would drive the Gemini in me nuts. (laughs) I'm a Gemini too. I thought so. Um, Or if I'm cooking, maybe I will have a podcast on or maybe I'll have some music on but if it's a hard recipe and there's a podcast that's like super intriguing Mm -hmm. to me I find that I don't really enjoy either because I'm like okay wait what what am I supposed to add now you know that makes sense so when I say like solitary you know like if you just find that it's not being super peaceful and restorative maybe you need to turn something else off and just let that be the only thing you're doing it's supposed to be easy yes oh that's such a good point if something's hard you know, there's resistance. Mm-hmm. Turn it around. That's such a good point. Okay. So anything else? What could you give us? Like if you were to say, this is what I wish people could do every day for their brain health. Sleep on their sides. <laughs> <laughs> Starting with me. Um, honor, honor what it is that we have been given. You know, I wake up every morning and I lay there just I'm so grateful for this body that it supports me well. Mm-hmm. And, and I know it can be frustrating when there's problems or pain and illness. But this innate intelligence that we have in us is so incredibly brilliant. Mm-hmm. If we honor it and are thankful for it and let it work its, its way through... It's the best way to wake up. Yeah. Oh, so much gratitude. Mm-hmm. I love that. Oh, okay. I think just being so thankful for this command central of the brain. Mm-hmm. Just think about what it does. I mean, it runs everything. Your digestion, your hormones, yeah, yeah. your sleep, your ability to move, your ability to think, your ability to make decisions, your relationships. How you process through things, if you're able to exercise, if you're not able to exercise, it's, it, it's amazing. I mean, even the, the chemistry of going to sleep at night, mm-hmm. it's all, everything's coordinated up in command central. Yeah. 
And for some reason, we downplay the the effects that some kind of injury or something being off in our skull or our brain can have. Mm-hmm. It, it runs so much of us. Yeah. But we kind of throw off like, no, I got a concussion. It's no big deal. Yeah, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> and, it, and like we've talked about, I mean, it's not even, it's not even concussions. It's, it's simple things like wearing hats that are too tight. Oh, wow. Or I remember one time I was playing around with my kids and I was, I was acting like a homie and I put my, my baseball cap on sideways, you know, backwards and sideways. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is making me feel crazy. Like, cause I could feel it was making my, the bones of my skull feel asymmetrical. Oh my gosh, that <laughs> is crazy. Turn your hat on the right way. But it was so funny because I'm, you know, I'm so observant with things like that. And it's like, oh, now I, now I understand. Like, Bad decisions might be made with something as silly as your hat. It all started with the baseball cap. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy stuff. Even like we said, even just simple dental visits can change the way that the skull moves. Mm -hmm. And I I mean, I would love for people, once they go to the dentist, come over. Let's just see how things are. Yeah. Catch things before they become an issue. And a lot of times that might not happen, but I will see. I've seen it. So thousands, so often. thousands of times. And I always say, don't stop going to your dentist. Dentists are our friends. We want to keep our teeth. The, the, having the teeth in our, in our heads is really important for stability of the cranial system. Mm-hmm. It's like having um, studs in a wall. Mm-hmm. Eventually the drywall would give out mm-hmm. if you didn't have the studs holding up. You really want the teeth there. To be healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, is there any question that you don't get asked that you wish you did get asked? Wow. Um, <laughs> not that I can think of offhand. We'll do it on the next podcast. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, you can think about it and let me know. Or I'll send you an addendum. I don't know. I get asked a lot of questions. Yeah. And I love answering questions. Yeah. I love teaching. Well, like I said, I have a thousand, so we'll definitely have to do this again. Yeah. I don't know everything, but, I, <laughs> but I'm well read and I like to share what I do learn. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so much for your time. I appreciate this so much. It was wonderful. It was so special for me. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you. (laughs) I know. I had this written in your notes. Did you? Your goal was to do this podcast and start this podcast. And here we are. Yeah. All right. Well, it's time for the first magnetic moment. And for anyone who didn't listen to the intro episode, A quick recap, magnetic moments are basically going to be challenges or opportunities at the end of each episode that I'm presenting to you as a way to help you actually apply something that you learned from the episode to your life. Because again, I truly want to help be a part of creating sustainable change in your own life. So for this week's magnetic moment, the challenge or the opportunity is to try sleeping one night on your side. And if you already sleep on your side, then try sleeping at an incline and let me know how you feel the next morning when you wake up. Again, I really want to be a part of this process with you. So tag me in social media. Let me know how it went. I want to hear your magnetic moment. And and even if it, you know, nothing really came of it, just the fact alone that you tried something new is such a big step. And if you listen to the episode and 
there was something else that you took from it that you'd like to try for the week or for a day instead, do that and let me know what it is. Let me know how it goes. I'm really genuinely so excited to see how you guys begin to implement these little changes in your life. Both my Instagram and my website are linked in the show notes. So tag me in something on Instagram, send me a DM, send me a message on my website. Hopefully the week's magnetic moment feels very manageable, if not almost too small. Because again, the whole point is to not overwhelm you guys with a thousand things that you need to do right now. It's about taking just the smallest step forward and almost seeing to believe that implementing these things in your life really can dramatically improve your quality of life. So let's get to it. I'm going to be joining you guys in these magnetic moments as well. And we will check back in next week. <laughs>